this evening um, in the hot weather in the chapel but we'll push through it amen this thing i gotta prove i'm one in a million it's a challenge to accept oh it's a challenge to accept and it's a faith to rise into it's a way that i can show that jesus christ is true it's a life testimony blameless Oh, living for Christ Standing every test Oh, I've got to prove I'm one in a million And I've got to show The power of the blood Oh, and I've got to
Jesus. Oh God, that you've done so much for us, oh God. You haven't taken us this far just to leave us, oh God. You'll see us through, oh Jesus. Oh God, that you've given us a word, oh Jesus. You've given us the prophet in this last day, oh God, that's revealed his word to us, oh Jesus. Saying that you'll come back for us, oh God. We thank you, oh Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All hail King Jesus. All hail King Jesus. All hail Emmanuel.
past, but we want to continue to remember the Drake family. We saw Brother Ron in here. We thank you all that he is out of the hospital and God was continue to work on him and continue to heal him. Amen. on your heart tonight how many has felt the Lord touch you in the past he's done it once many times let's invite him tonight heavenly father your presence means everything Lord Lord we could do many great things in our lives men have accomplished great feats and gone into outer space but if they don't know the God of the heavens when they take their last breath here on earth there is no eternity but Lord you've given us an assurance and Lord that's why we're here this evening Lord we've come to do business with you we've come to meet with our creator Lord we don't just worship the creation but we worship the creator and Lord each and every one of us are inviting you into our hearts this evening Lord if there's one in this congregation this evening that has not come to know you in the power of your resurrection Lord may an eternal work be accomplished tonight Lord even as our brother Tim Dodd comes Lord he's studied he's laid himself aside but we're asking Lord that the very mind of Christ would be administered to your children this evening Lord we've come with our cups lifted up Lord, many of us in different conditions this evening, spiritually, naturally, physically, financially. Lord, we're thanking you for Brother Ron this evening that you have touched him. Lord, you've given him a few more days yet to live, to worship you and to testify of your healing power. Lord, your saving grace that has come by his way. Lord, we remember his family this evening asking, Lord, that you would touch them tonight, wherever they may be. Lord, there's loved ones on our hearts this evening that we would just dearly love to be around. But Father, in your time, we claim the promises of God for each and every one. Lord, if there's need of healing this evening, Lord, may that bread of life be broken off and administered, Lord, to your children, that they may partake of it tonight. Bless our brother Tim this evening, Lord. Give him words to speak. Lord, fill his mouth tonight with precious and lovely words from your throne. We'll give you all the thanks, the glory and honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we'll do something we haven't done in a long time. Turn around and shake someone's hand. Say the best thing you say to them. God bless you. Amen. We'll just invite Brother Tim. Delay the service any longer. Let's sing, sing, Spirit of God, move. Oh, Spirit of God.
Lord, move, and Lord, make me an empty vessel that you can fill me. Let the things of the world that have filled my mind this week, let them just leave right now. Let the trials that have oppressed against us, let them just walk out the doors right now. There's nothing else that matters than being in the presence of the Lord. We're going to continue tonight in the subject, what is that to you? follow thou me and that's really where we want to be tonight the things of the world the things of pressure the things of life what is that to us amen surely he's brought us far enough down the road that we're just here to follow him amen are you sensitive to the lord tonight it's good to be in the presence of the lord isn't it amen and it's good to be here amen good to see each and every one of you Thank you. That's all the singing that we will do. Now, in order for you brothers to go and sit down, you have to come by here and shake my hand. And uh, uh, this is, this is, uh, You know, this is precious. 
it's warm in here. <laughs> feels like Africa. No, it's warmer than that. It feels like India, actually. It's very warm here. So welcome to India. We just got some ringing going on up here. And uh, that sounds like India, too, actually. <laughs> and... Uh, so I greet you all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Good to be in the house of the Lord. Doesn't bother me if you take out a piece of paper and fan yourself or whatever you want to do. You know, you just feel whatever makes it feel makes you feel comfortable. We'll just uh, trust that the Lord will give us a comfortable time in His presence. Amen. Brother Dan, good to see you. You know, I'd go by by names down the rows. Everybody says good to see you. Is that Brother Ron back there? Amen. God bless you. Good to see you're out of the hospital. Praise the Lord. We're glad to see you and uh, good to see everybody that's here. I want to bring you greetings and love from the saints on the Canadian side of the border. Um, I was going to say from the saints on the other side, but you know, you might not, might not quite catch my meaning there. But uh, good to be with you this evening. This has been a long time coming, and I'm thankful that I don't have to quarantine when I go home, which gives me the jealousy of Brother Tom and Brother Murphy and Brother Michael, who all had to quarantine. So they really sacrificed to be with you. It's less of a sacrifice for me, but I'm still just as glad as they are to be here tonight. And, you know, I I was just thinking that each one here, uh, what I'm looking at is the sovereignty of God. God came by your way. God chose you. And God selected you to be a part of his bride. He knew you before the foundation of the world, Brother Nathan. He knew you and that you'd be here, that you would believe his word. Amen. And, and God knows all those things. And it's just a treasure for us to be here realizing we, we don't have anything to glory in ourselves. But we glory in the sovereignty of God. We glory in the saving power of God. Amen. We glory in his delivering work in our lives and, and his transforming work, the transforming power of his word. So I uh, just say that, you know, God will not lose one. It doesn't matter. I'm just trying to think now who is the most recent uh, one that had given their hearts back to the Lord. There's been a number of baptisms uh, there's been a, a few souls come back into fellowship on the Canadian side. Doesn't matter if it's just someone uh, recent or whether it's one of you that have been down the road a long way. God counts you as precious, each and every one. And, and he will not lose one. We're not worried. Amen. We're not worried. Oh, what about this one or what about that one? We're not worried. We're concerned. You know, we're burdened. We want to see each and every one of our loved ones be saved. Not another moment go by until they're saved. But God won't lose one. Amen. If it's up to us, we've already lost the fight. Are you with me? We're not saving them, folks. But God's not going to lose one. You believe that? You believe that for your loved ones? You believe that for your family members, your sons, your daughters, your mothers, your fathers, your brothers, your sisters, your husbands, your wives. It doesn't matter what it is. We're trusting him. Amen. And so uh, without too much further delay, maybe we can just bow our heads for a moment in prayer as before we turn to the word.
If you have a need tonight, why don't you hold it before God? And I send my, as I send my greetings back to Canada, they're there in the church or in their homes streaming this evening, this afternoon. And each one of us can hold our needs before the Lord. Heavenly Father, you who are the all-knowing, all-seeing one, recognize, Lord, even though I have come back into the fellowship of these precious souls here in the U.S. side of the border, Lord, physically, spiritually, we've never been separated, Lord. Spiritually, we've been gathered in that one provided place of worship that is in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is in your name that we have been gathered and it is in your presence that we have come together. And it is in that place that we can be in one mind and one accord. But Father, there's something about being able to shake someone's hand. There's something about being able to embrace them, Lord. How you took your prophet on the other side. He was so concerned about crossing over to the other side because he didn't want to be just a spirit. He didn't want to be like a cloud passing by, you know, knowing someone but not being able to shake their hands. But when you took him physically into that other dimension, Lord, you showed him, Father, that's just as real as it is here. They ran together. They embraced him. They hugged him. They said, oh, our precious brother. And Lord, as we have gathered together tonight with these precious souls, Lord, your children, we say our precious brother, our precious sister. Lord, may you pour out your blessings from on high. Lord, as we have come together physically into this room, Lord, we are inviting you to come in the power of the resurrection. We are inviting you, Lord, that though it be warm on our physical bodies, yet, Lord, may the cool, sweet wind of the Holy Spirit blow through this place. And, Lord, may you anoint each and every life and draw each soul closer to you. As we turn back the pages of your word, we don't count ourselves to know very much, but we know the one that wrote the book. And so we pray, Lord, you'd anoint the speaker and the hearer, whether they be here, whether it be online, in Cloverdale Bible Way, in their homes, whatever it might be. Father, may you pour out abundantly according to each and every need. We will give you the glory. We'll give you the honor, Lord. In Jesus Christ's wonderful name we pray. Amen and amen. We'll take our Bibles and turn to the book of Galatians tonight. Galatians chapter 5. might look extensively at this whole chapter this evening in parts, but we'll just start by reading from verse 1 to 6. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Now, we know what a yoke of bondage is. It's something that restrains you from the liberty that you were meant to have. And you, we were all once, the Bible says we all walked according to the spirit of this world, the power that works in the children of disobedience. We were all there. 
It doesn't matter if you were born into a believing home or an unbelieving home. It doesn't matter where you came from. You're born in sin. Shaped in iniquity. But God has set you free. Alright, so the Apostle Paul is standing here now and speaking to the Galatian church. He says, Behold, I, Paul, say unto you, that if you be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. He's talking about the law and the wrestling that the Galatian church was having with the law and what is uh, what they had to do under the law. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do the whole law. Christ is become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. Now he's specifically saying, if you're justified by anything you've done, grace doesn't apply to you. But rather, nothing that we have done justifies us, but faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. He says, for we through the spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. Amen. The Lord had his blessing to the word. You may be seated. We've been ministering out of John 21 where Jesus was dealing with Peter on the subject. Do you love me? And, uh, uh, and, and Peter, you know, is trying to express his heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, but seemingly concerned at why Jesus kept saying to Peter, do you love me, Peter? Do you love me, Peter? And we could say in one place says, do you love me more than these love me? Do you, you know, where is your love at, Peter? And so he, he just began to express that to Peter. And then Peter, you know, Jesus expressing to him what's going to befall him in the future. And then Peter turns to John. Man, I don't know why he thought about John. Maybe it was out of nervousness, maybe trying to divert attention from himself or, or, or maybe for some other reason. But he says, what's going to happen to this one? And, and Jesus says to him, if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Amen. So, so now Peter was, we realize, the one with the keys to the kingdom. Peter was the one that stood on the day of Pentecost. And preached who Jesus was. And the people were pricked in their hearts. And they said to the disciples, men and brethren, what should we do? And Peter gave the prescription for all of the Gentile dispensation. Repent and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. There is no other recipe of salvation. And that was the, the, the recipe that, that Peter gave there. And, and, and at that time in the church, there was this one Saul of Tarsus that was persecuting the church that didn't see it. He was a man that was trained in the law. He was a man that was was taught very uh, specifically and in detail in the matters pertaining to the law and the conduct of his life and, and how that he kept himself just so much a Jew of the Jew, which is, is why it makes it so extraordinary here when he says, if anyone is justified under the law, because he said, if anybody had a claim under the law, I had a claim under the law. 
And so he says, now if anybody is justified under the law, then grace is of no effect to you. And so he's, he's not just saying, listen, grace is better than law. No, he's saying, listen, if you're trusting in the law, then grace means nothing to you. And you really don't have an understanding of grace. And you don't really. Now, remember, Paul was the one that had to bring that to the attention of Peter. As Peter uh, was fellowshipping with the Gentiles, and I can't remember the location, but they were fellowshipping together. And then the Jews came, and, and Peter uh, withdrew himself from the Gentiles and so that he could be acceptable to the Jews in the Jewish customs. But Paul stood up. He was a man that had a real revelation of grace. He stood up and says, look. He says, you're not a Jew. You're saved by grace. And you know that. And, and you can't you know, bow down to these Jewish traditions. You can't bow down to these ideas. You can't go back to that which was incomplete. Because now a greater covenant has come. And Paul, and Paul knew his place. He came to introduce that. He got saved and he got miraculously delivered and he got brought into the church and people maybe initially didn't trust him, but he became the one that God sent to truly establish the foundation of the church. And he says, nobody can build on any other foundation than the foundation that I laid, which is faith in Jesus Christ alone. Amen. You know, it's even at the beginning of the Galatian church that he lays it right out to them. And he says, listen, in verse chapter 1 and verse 8 and 9, he says, Though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that you have received, let him be accursed. And so there the apostle Paul is just laying it out. There is no other gospel. Amen. There is no other message. Hello, message believers. There is no other message. You know, you know, some might say James or, or different ones might say, well, you know, this is also important and that's also important. But Paul is saying, listen, what I preached is the foundation. What I preached is the truth. Now, I don't know if Paul knew it. I'm sure he did. Because he was a man that even was caught up into the third heaven and saw things that are not even lawful to speak in this dimension, what he saw in that dimension. And as he's, he's speaking to the people, think about this now. As he's speaking to the people, and he had to realize, you know, that, that Malachi 4 said, I send the, the Elijah the prophet, and he shall turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. Now, Paul was the one that was introducing the fathers to the reality of grace. All right. He was the one that was laying the foundation. And so he was the, he was the messenger of the first church age. And he was sending out the gospel that when the word would be restored or the hearts of the children would be turned back to the faith of the fathers, that we would look back in this age and say, or let me just say it this way. Brother Bradham would look back in this age and say, I preached what Paul preached. And there were millions that said, we're counting on that. Amen. Are we counting on that this evening? We're counting that this message is what Paul preached. That's the reality to us. There is no other message. 
There is no other God. Well, what about this idea? Or what about that idea? Listen, if it's been revealed to you, this is Paul's gospel. You say, well, I thought this was Brother Branham's message. No, it wasn't Brother Branham's message. It was God's message through Brother Branham, which God first sent through Paul. And in the last days, added the things that needed to be revealed that were laying in the word already that had not yet been revealed, as even Paul said, when that which is perfect has come. So even Paul, the original messenger, was laying the whole foundation for all of the church ages and says, there'll even come a time when that which is perfect has come. And then all of the partial shall be done away with. Hallelujah. What a position Paul was in. Introducing even to Jews initially an intimate gospel, a personal gospel, not a gospel of God on the mountain. As he wrote, I believe in, in the Hebrews, he says, which mountain did shake. And Moses said, I exceedingly fear and tremble. And all he says, but this blood speaks better things. There's a greater covenant. There's a greater gospel. You know, I, I, I've been thinking, I've been pondering the relationship of God to the Jews versus the Gentiles since I spoke last time and, and touched on it. And so forgive me if I, if I retouch on some things because uh, uh, it's, uh, it's just something that has very much been on my heart. But you know, how Paul's speaking to the Jews... They didn't know God as a personal God. But you know, God is interested in you as a personal God. Not as a God of, uh, of the message. Not as a God of Brother Branham. Not as a God of your pastor or Cloverdale Bible Way. Or, or some other relationship. But your God. I'm your God. I have a channel that I'm speaking to you through. And I want you to become surrendered to that channel. I want you to become submitted to that channel. I want you to become conversant with how I minister to you personally. God might be speaking to you through a little vessel, a simple vessel called Tim Dodd tonight. It might be Tom Ray this morning. It might be Murphy Wong. It might be Mike Ray. It might be somebody else. You might be, it might be a special speaker in a couple weeks and so on and so forth. But it still has to be God speaking to you. It's not us coming to church. I hope this is okay tonight. It's not us coming to church saying, oh, well, Tim Dodd's speaking tonight. Praise the Lord. He's my favorite speaker. Or Tim Dodd's speaking tonight. I wish it was so-and-so. You know, whatever it might be, wherever you are. Everybody's got somebody that they like to hear preach. Okay, come on. Be honest with yourself. We all got somebody that when that certain preacher gets up to preach, it's like, all right, we're going to have a service tonight. But it's not coming to hear Tim Dodd. It's not coming to hear a man and, and his peculiarities, but it's coming to hear from Jesus Christ personally. Trusting as even, uh, was it Brother Doug that opened in prayer? He says, you know, Brother Tim has laid himself aside. You know, Brother Tim tries, just like any minister tries. Lord, help me get out of the way. What do you want to say? What subject do you want? 
What do you want to do in the service? Who do you want to touch in the service? How do you want to direct it? Listen, there was a brother a couple of weeks ago. I, I hope he's okay that I share this. I won't name him by name. He was he was in desperation in prayer. He needed to hear from God. And and, and he, he just wrote me an email and says, I, I, I just so much wanted to hear from God. I had put out the prayer request to several brothers. Might even have been at the Monday night prayer meeting. I don't know. But he says, wait, I just put a, I, I need to hear from God this Wednesday. I need an answer. And he says, you came up to preach and you answered specifically the question and the need that I had. I still don't even know what that was. He didn't even share with me what it was. So, you know, I'm, I'm just a human being. I'm thinking, I wonder what I said. I, I wonder what it was. You know, I don't have a clue what it was. I was just preaching. I was just being directed. But then Brother Michael told him uh, also something that I had, I, had, I had forgotten about was that I wasn't even supposed to preach that service. That was even Michael's service that he was supposed to preach. But on the Tuesday before the Wednesday, Brother Tom said, well, Brother Tim, you're going down to the state. So why don't you take this Wednesday? Michael told you take next Wednesday and then you're not going to take Wednesday and then Sunday. And, and so just the scheduling, just put it into a certain channel. God knows your need. And God knows how to get the answer to you. How many believe that tonight? God knows how to get it to you. Amen. If you'll be sincere, God will make himself known to you. So here's the apostle Paul. We're, we're kind of diverting here a little bit. Introducing a gospel that is a personal, intimate gospel meant to call a bride from the Gentiles. Initially he was speaking to Jews, but the Jews weren't interested. And so he says, all right, then I go to the Gentiles. And then he began to, to, God began to direct him in that. Now, I just happened to believe as I was pondering it this week. As Brother Adam says in the fifth seal, he says, I want you to make sure that you understand the fourth coming of Elijah is very different from the fifth coming of Elijah. He talks about it very specifically in the fifth seal. If you've never read or studied the fifth seal, you'll see it there. But he, he, he gives it two specific points. One is that in the tribulation, the gospel that goes to the 144,000 is to the brethren. But this gospel is to the bride. Okay. Brethren versus bride. Different relationship. Uh, number two, he says... He says, if the fourth, the ministry of the fourth, the fourth coming of Elijah is to turn the hearts of the children back to the fathers. He says, if that was the ministry to the Jews, their fathers were under the law. He says, so that he would be turning them back to the law. And so he could not do that. That has to be a different ministry of Elijah. But the, the fourth ministry of Elijah is the Malachi 4 ministry, which takes the children of the gospel in this age and turns us back to the original faith of the gospel. The original gospel that Paul lays out here. Oh, God bless Brother Paul, a man that had to leave. Now, I don't know if you're, you're with me on this, but I, it just it just 
stirs me to the depths of my being, realizing here's a man so spent his life training to be a perfect legal Jew. And God says, Paul, that time is over. Now is grace. Now is personal relationship. Now is something greater than everything that you ever studied. And God began to show himself to the great apostle Paul so that we could comprehend the length and the breadth and the depth and the height of grace and the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. And Paul in the book of Hebrews, he writes it to the Jews. I just, this is just me thinking. I just have to think that the fifth coming of Elijah is going to pick up the book of Hebrews and start introducing Jesus Christ to the Jews just like Paul did in the book of Hebrews. This high priest of a better covenant called after the order of Melchizedek and so on and so forth as Brother Bradham laid it out in the Hebrews series. And, and, and uh, you know, but that fifth coming of Elijah, he's going to go back there. You know, every message is anointed to the specific part of the scripture that God laid out to those people. I'm laying this foundation for us here this morning, this evening. You know, Luther was raised under works. He had to do works. He had to do penance and all of those kind of things to try and pay or atone for his sins. And in all of those things. But one day he's reading in the book of Romans. In his search for God. In his search for peace. In other words. You know. We say a search for God. A search for peace. But now in this hour we understand. It was a predestinated seed in Luther. That was crying out. This isn't it. That was crying out. This church doesn't have it. That was crying out. It's not about what you've been taught. And as he's reading through the Bible, he comes to, and the just shall live by faith. And the, and the power of God just pours into that scripture. And it becomes alive to Luther. And he becomes the messenger to that age. What is that? It's the word becoming anointed for that age. Amen. There's many scriptures that become anointed to every age. Just like in this age, as it was in the days of Lot. So shall it be in the revealing of the Son of Man. As it was in the days of Noah. So shall it be. You know all of these scriptures that are made alive for this day. In this day Jesus says. In that day you'll know I'm in the Father. The Father me. I and you and you and me. You'll understand the true relationship between God and you. Amen. Amen. Through the word that's revealed in your day. Alright. So we realize... We've come to the end of the Gentile dispensation. We're here. Brother Michael picked me up at the airport. He's on the camera back there. Brother Michael picked me up. Thank you, Brother Michael. And uh, we were talking about some things on the way up and from the airport. And, and uh, you know, we're here at the end time. We've talked about it. We've talked about the pressures that would come upon the earth. We've talked about the laws that would come into place. We've preached about it. We've quoted from the message about it. We've predicted it. 
And then all of a sudden, here we are and we say, what's going on? It's not what's going on, it's here we are. This is the squeeze. This is the tightening. This is the opposition. This is the bride. That is the pressure being brought against her. But we're also thankful that a message says she won't be shut up. She'll be taken up. Amen. Amen. We're, we're thankful for the word that says the bride has to be taken out of the way. Then the things that we're be, beginning to see manifest now will really be manifest then. And we certainly don't want to be here then. But, it, but at the present time, we realize that all of these things identify the age to us. They relate to us. They place us in this age. As Brother Branham spoke, and the word shows us what a bride will be, as even Brother Tom spoke, as I caught a little bit of the service this morning, how, that the, how the bride will respond to the pressure of her age. She'll respond by being the word for her age. To respond by being the very expression of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it caused me to think, Lord, how much more do you want to express yourself through us? Even so, come Lord Jesus. And Brother Branham began to look, even as the fourth coming of Elijah began to look at the, the Jews. And God as much said to him, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. In other words, that's not your message. Your message is to claim a bride. Your message is to be Eliezer. Your message is to clothe the people with the word. Hello, people. Your message is to clothe this people with the word and only the word of God. What is that to thee? So if I would put a subtitle to this service, it would be ignoring the that. Ignoring the that. What is that to thee? And ignoring that. All of God's messengers point to the same atonement. Praise the Lord. Is it hot in here? Amen. Helps you fight through it a little bit. I'm sorry if I drink a little bit of water hope you'll forgive me and not be envious. All the messengers point to the same atonement. All messengers preach the same Christ. Yet all have been given different messages based on the anointing that is given to that age. But Christian life now is simple. Okay. As we we just begin to turn a corner here. Christian life is simple. There is one atonement. One atonement. And that is Christ's sacrifice at Calvary. And faith in that one atonement. Brings the blessings of the atonement to you. One atonement. And faith in the atonement. Brings the blessings of the atonement to you. That's Christianity. Right there. There it is. But the devil likes to complicate it, doesn't he? He likes to make, well, what about this? And what about that? And he's got all kinds of things. And life in general becomes complicated. And we may, we need to make sure that, that God is the center of our motivation in every decision that we make. You know, Brother Branham, I was studying on, uh, on uh, greatest battle ever fought. And Brother Branham's talking about the decisions that are made in the mind realm. And that's the reason that the greatest battle is in the mind. is because that's where the decisions are made. But even in the midst of our decisions, we need to, we need to make sure 
sure that God alone is our motivation. What is that to thee? Follow thou me. You know, there's so many things that, well, what about this in my life? And what about that in my life? As long as we're following him, everything is going to work out right. It might not look good. It might not, I think it was Billy Paul that brother that shared the testimony about his daddy and, and said, you know, uh, he said, put your two arms out. And, and uh, if I got it right, if it's not right, you forgive me. But to put your two arms out. And, and he says he pointed out to him that standing in the sun that made a shadow of the cross behind him. He says and, and, and he says, now you got two directions you can go. One is right and one is wrong. He says, now, if you go the wrong direction, no matter how right it looks, it will turn out wrong. But if you go the right direction, no matter how wrong it looks, it will always turn out right. Amen. So the the bottom line is to stay in the center of God's will for your life, because the devil likes to put all kinds of pressure on us. Anybody know what that is? The devil likes to put pressure on us and push us because he wants us to go in a direction that we know is not exactly right, but it looks better. He wants us to go a certain way that, that, that maybe we don't have thus saith the Lord for it, but he's pushing us in that direction because he knows no matter how good it is in the short term, if we're out of thus saith the Lord, it's going to end up in the wrong place. So we have to be very careful in our lives because even Brother Brown says in the Thyatiran church age, he says each age had its pressures. He says, for example, the great burden of the last age, high last age, The great burden of the last age is the pressure of riches, soft living, and nervous tensions in a complex age that we seem unfitted to live in. Is the age getting more complex? It's getting more complex every day. And that's why I started out with Christianity is simple. One atonement. And faith in that atonement brings the blessings of the atonement to you. Amen. Amen. That's all we want is the blessings of the atonement. I I, I said to my wife, I said, I don't know if I'll ever do it, but I'd really like to preach a, a message titled Sprucing Up Purgatory. I'll let that one sink in for a moment. Amen, Brother Steve. Sprucing Up Purgatory. You know, Brother Brown says, I don't believe in purgatory, but if there is a purgatory, this is it. This is where we purge our souls from their sin. All right. This is where we get purged. That makes this purgatory. But so many times we like to spruce up purgatory. We like to have a nicer home. A nicer place, a better income, more disposable income, all, all kinds of good things. And we're so concerned about sprucing it up, we sometimes can lose sight of the central purpose of, excuse me for using the word, purgatory. And that is purge us from all unbelief. Lord, wash us from all unbelief. Take all the doubt away. Take all the fears away. Take every obstacle away. Take every distraction. Are you with me? 
Take every distraction away. Let me just walk. I don't care how it is. I don't care how hot it is or how cold it is. I don't care what the battles are or anything. Let me just walk so I know that you're walking by my side. You know, Brother Bradham was up on the mountain in Colorado and, and he the storm started and the, that they had predicted it was going to be a bad storm and he warned everybody when the storm strikes, get back to camp as quick as you can because if you get lost in the storm, you'll die. And he's up on the mountain and the storm starts and the wind blowing and the snow starts coming down. And so he heads to camp and the voice speaks to him and says, go back up the mountain. Now that doesn't look right. It looks wrong, but it is right. And the and he thought maybe it was just taking it himself. So he kept going because here's a man that's. That's a prophet. He's used to being in a spiritual dimension and a natural dimension and sometimes not knowing the difference between the two. And so he's, he just wondered, well, did I hear that right? Was that my voice? Was that just imagining? Was that a real voice? And he keeps going on down and the voice comes stronger. Go back where you came from. And so he thinks, and it goes through his mind, this must be the end of my life. I'm going to go back and, and this, will, this is it. It's all over. It doesn't look very good. Are you with me? It doesn't look very good, but something's moving him and he doesn't know the end of the road yet. And so he goes back up to the mountain and, he, and he's there. And, and then God tells him, now you speak to the storm. Ah, okay. God's revealing a furtherance of the third pole of his ministry. Amen. But yet in the midst of it all, it didn't look very good. I want you to catch that tonight. It didn't, it doesn't always look good when God tells you to do something. But when God speaks, you got to hear his voice. Hallelujah. We all want to hear the voice of God. Brother Adam says in the message, greatest battle ever fought, he says, that's what's the matter with so many blowed up Christians is because they don't clean the channels out. They don't go down on the inside. You've got to clean it. Conscience, memory, thoughts, laying aside everything, coming from the inside out with that unadulterated word of God that it's the truth. Now, what's he talking about? He's talking about the things that you've learned, the influences you have, family members. Listen, Brother Branham, when he was young and, and the Lord told him and opened a door for him amongst the Pentecostal people. Is that right? To take the message out amongst the Pentecostal. He got home with all these invitations from Mishawaka, I think it was. And he's all, all thrilled. God's going to use my ministry. And his mother-in-law says, you're not taking my daughter out amongst all those kind of people. What kind of people are those? And they don't have no churches and they don't have no money. And they, you're just, my daughter will, will be poor. And what will happen to the children and all these kind of things. And, and they started working on Brother Branham's mind. Is that right? As he began to think, oh, I never thought of that side of it. Huh? It was family. And he made a terrible decision in his life. And said, oh my. Uh, later on down the road when his wife, of course, lost his wife, Hope. He lost the child. He's, he says, you know, I should have listened to the Lord. And not to my mother-in-law. That's what Brother Brown's talking about here. He says, you've got to get these things, clear, these channels cleared out. Your conscience, your memory, your thoughts, your education. Your culture. That's not the way we do it in our culture. Now, as soon as I say that, you're all thinking something. I, I, could, I, could put, 
our American culture in there. Our Canadian culture in there. That's not the way we do it in Canada. Or that's not the way. Uh, quite frankly, God doesn't care how you do it in the United States. God sent a prophet to straighten out how we did it in the United States. God sent a prophet to straighten out how we did it in Canada. And it doesn't matter about all the rest of you where you come from. Those of you that have immigrated to this country. Or whether it be America or Canada. It makes no difference. It's the word and the word only. Brother Adam says, he says, get all those things cleared out, coming from the inside out with that unadulterated word of God that it's the truth. That's why I appreciate Brother Ellie. He's here. I know Brother Murphy singled you out when he was here, so it's okay if I single you out again. I appreciate what he did for the country of Rwanda. He was burdened to get the truth to them. Because Jesus, by the way, we just released a... uh, uh, Podcast. That's the word. I was looking for the word, Brother Mark. We're going to try and, and uh, get our missions podcast out on a more regular basis. And we just released the latest one just today. And we're talking about uh, Malawi and Rwanda. And uh, uh, how that in Rwanda, you know, Jesus laid the principle down. You will know the truth and the truth will make you free. That's the principle. Amen. It's not complicated. It's the principle. He gives the truth. How, how do you help these people in these countries? Give them the truth. That was the labor of the team that Brother Ellie worked with to get the message into Rwanda so that they can print books, so they could do audio translations, so that they could have the message delivered even, I don't know if you've gone that far yet, into a radio broadcast in Rwanda because they've got a purpose to get the truth out. Because it's the truth that makes us free. Amen? And so... You'll hear that on the podcast, amongst many other things. Uh, Brother Mark just sent out an email. If you don't know how to log on to it, we'll, we'll put a link up on the website. I don't think that's up yet, but that'll be on uh, the church website. Amen. Brother Michael Ray will be working on that right away, I'm sure. He says, Brother Brown says, no matter if 10,000 died on this side today trusting, and 10,000 on that side tomorrow trusting, that has nothing to do with me. What is that to thee? Follow thou me. He says, if I prayed for a thousand today and 10,000 tomorrow and they all died, he says, that has nothing to do with me. I'm not the healer. I've just been told to pray for the sick. He says, that has nothing to do with me. I'm the individual. I'm the one that's trusting. I'm the one that believes it. He says, now imaginations, conscience, memories, reasons, affections, they're all right if they agree with the word of God. But if your affection doesn't agree with the word of God, get rid of it. He says, you blow a flu right quick. He's talking about exploding. And, and of course, you know, it's something under pressure, like it refers to a, a boiler. A flu refers to a boiler. And a boiler, when it's under pressure, builds up pressure. And if there's a crack in the flu or if it's not sealed right, it'll blow up. And, and, and under the pressure and cause a great explosion and great damage. And he says, that's the problem. He says, if you haven't got your mind cleared out. And if there's anything we want to do, if I, if I want to leave the end of this service, I want to say, is that we've laid it all on the altar. Lord, I lay all my confusions down. Lord, I lay all my own ideas down. Lord, I lay all my interpretations down. Lord, I lay my special doctrines down. Lord, I lay my special sayings down. I maybe even lay my special preacher down. Well, you don't have to lay your special preacher down. You can hang on to him. 
My wife got in the car today. And they're going to church and Gideon, my son Gideon says to my wife, he says, are you, are you driving? She says, yeah, daddy's, daddy's gone, uh, gone away. He'll be, he'll be home in a week. So I'm driving to church. So he thinks about it a minute. Then he says to his mom, mom, are you preaching? <laughs> she says, no, son, he didn't quite have that revelation yet. That was maybe his special preacher. Amen. Mom's the fifth gospel, but she's not a preacher. Praise the Lord. He says, you can have little consciousness, little feeling sensations and the, all these things that has nothing to do with it. That's just little sensations and things. But when it comes to reality, your mind either accepts it or rejects it. Your mind, it's your mind that opens the door or closes the door. Listens to your conscience, listens to your memory, listens to your affections. I'll go a little more specific. Listens to your scars. Listens to your complexes. Listens to your worries. These are all attributes of those things. Listens to, you know, what happened to you somewhere. Or listen to what somebody said about something secondhand and this or 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 listens to somebody else's scar something that happened to somebody else but yet if it's the word it's the word amen, amen. so we got to be careful he says your mind he says listens to memory listens to affections but when your mind closes itself to these things and let god the spirit of the word come in it blows the rest of the stuff out he says, every doubt is gone. Every fear is gone. Every sensation of doubt is gone. Every feeling is gone. There's nothing standing there but the word of God. And Satan cannot battle against that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a weapon we have on the battleground of our mind. Get these memories under subjection to the word. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the word of God. And bring those things into captivity and say, no, it's not what lays in my memory or my imagination or this or that. That somehow from the past, I lay aside the things that are in the past. Just like Paul. I had an idea of what a relationship with God might be. But I had to learn. He's come in a new relationship. Amen. He's come in a new covenant. He's come under a new anointing. And I desire to know him in the power of his resurrection. Yeah. Hallelujah. What is Paul saying there? There's nothing in the Old Testament about the power of the resurrection. There's resurrection in the Old Testament. But there's nothing there saying one day you'll know him in the power of his resurrection. But Paul got a revelation. I don't want to know him through the law. Amen. I don't want to know him through my own works. I don't want to know him through my own understanding. I don't want to know him through my complexes. I don't want to know him through my scars. Come on, saints. Casting down all scars. I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. Hallelujah. Oh, I was thinking about Lazarus. As Michael was preaching on Lazarus on Wednesday night. I better not touch it because he might go back there. But the power of the resurrection. Hallelujah. Oh, have you heard his voice? Ah, oh, just drop it in here. 
There was Lazarus. He talked about Lazarus being four days journey. Brother Branham says he's four days journey gone somewhere. He says he doesn't know where. But Brother Branham was on the other side gathered with a group of people. So let's just say Lazarus was on the other side. Gathered with a group of people. Where would that be? Jesus said in the bosom of Abraham. All right. Where the other Jews were gathered. Waiting for the resurrection. And though so maybe he was there. You go, oh, your brother Daniel. Praise the Lord. Nice to meet you. I've read about you. I believe what you wrote. Oh, your brother Moses. Oh, God bless you for what you did and delivering the word. Oh, your brother Samuel. And there's brother David and all of these brothers. And oh, isn't this wonderful? Just having a joyous time on the other side. And everything's great. All of a sudden through that realm comes a voice. Hallelujah. Through that realm comes a voice. Lazarus. Brother Branham said, if he had not have said Lazarus, they all would have come out of the grave. Glory to God. What a voice. That's the voice that came to you. That's the voice that came to me. I was stooped in denominationalism. I was a banker. I was this. I was that. I wouldn't even want to say everything I was. But one day I heard a voice. Hallelujah. It cut through all my darkness. It cut through all my scars. It cut through all my depression. It cut through all my inadequacies. There's this, Tim, I'm calling you. Glory be to Jesus. The voice of the resurrection. I better leave that there. There you go. Michael can pick that up and go from there. Maybe it wasn't even in the same channel, but. I was just thinking, Lazarus, what a time he was having. And then he hears his name called. Brother Brandon, when he was on the other side, he turned around and saw his body move. He said, don't tell me I got to go back there. I'm sure Lazarus felt the same way. Don't tell me I got to go back there. When you're on the other side, if the Lord would tarry and... If we go by the way of the grave, those of us, John Drake just went by the way of the grave. He never thought he would. I remember when his children were small, about the same age as my children, and we thought, well, they'll never see school. And now here's Brother John. I think he's my age, maybe a year older or something. Now he's gone on by the way of the grave. He's gone. He's on the other side. He's gone to his reward. It's finished work now. But he's on the other side, and there's no way you could ever give him enough money. Say, I'll give you Bill Gates, Warren Buffett's, Jeff Bezos, I don't know who else, uh, Zuckerberg's, I'll give you all of their wealth if you go back and you just go, not a chance. Not a chance. I'm staying right where I am. Hallelujah. That's the reality of the manifested word of God. Praise the Lord. Brother man goes on, and this is the last little bit in this quote. He says, And if one little iota of God's word was disbelief, one little iota of God's word was disbelieved, caused all this trouble. How are we going to get back disbelieving the word? You can't do it. You've got to shut off. All these other things. Conscience, memories, reasonings, all these other things. Casting down reasonings. 
We don't reason about it at all. Nothing at all. We just accept the word on the basis God said so. Amen. Amen? God said so. It sets a stream between you and God. That's what God's doing. Do you realize that? Between you and God. It's not your ideas in God. It's you and God. That stream opens up. Every, he says every channel becomes open between you and God then. He says there's the battle. Alright, let's go back to Galatians chapter 5. So Paul is speaking to the Galatians in this message, this gospel. He says I didn't come. This gospel did not come to take you back to the law. I'll say it this way. This message did not come to take you back to Pentecostals. This message did not come to take you back to Lutherans. This message did not come to take you back to Wesleyans. What they had was incomplete. Paul speaking to the Jews or to the Galatians rather. He says, don't look at the Jews as though they had it. They didn't have it because if they would have had it, we wouldn't have needed this. But we needed this. It says it's a better atonement, a better blood. He says in Hebrews 8, he says, Now has he obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. And he was anointed laying that foundation out for them. And he's, he's admonishing the Gentiles. We're not going backwards. God is revealing something to take us forward. Amen. And, 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 and that's where, you know, they were God revealing himself. I just, I just laid them, lay it out for them. The Jews had a trouble accepting it. They couldn't see it because, of course, it was ultimately for the Gentiles. And they had to be blinded that we could see it. It was the same God, but it was a different relationship. It was God revealing himself in a way that he hadn't revealed himself before. He had typed himself in many ways in the Old Testament in this love relationship between a bride and a bridegroom. But he had never revealed it yet. And it wasn't even fully revealed in Paul's time. But it was beginning to be revealed that a people could walk into a relationship with God, the creator of the universe, that humanity had never known him as thus before. They had been called a friend of God, a servant of God, all those kind of things. But God says, you will be called my bride. You will be my wife. You will know my secrets. I will reveal my mind to you. The very secret things that I've been hidden in the back part of my mind. The very motivation of my life. The very passion of my existence. I will reveal it to my people, the bride of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, what a position to be in. Now I say what Jesus said, lovest thou me, bride? Lovest thou me, as Jesus said to Peter, lovest thou me? Not an idea of me. Not the law and the prophets. Not as some distant God, but of who he really is. Do you love Christ for being himself? Do you love Christ for being your all in all? Amen. Listen, I want to say this. We come into the, the latter parts of this age and the end time and the message coming to its maturity. I trust that we don't become glazed over like the first age. I believe we don't. I believe we're the bride. I believe the love grows stronger. Because in the first age, the love grew colder. But this bride, the love should grow stronger. 
more in love with him, more appreciating of what he does for us. We're not joining something. We are being united in person to the Lord Jesus Christ as he reveals himself through the word of God. Amen. I know I I can't keep you too long. I, I think I've been close to an hour now. I need to bring this to a close, not only for you, but for those that are on the inter- internet, those of you that are at the Cloverdale Bible Way, uh, enjoy the air conditioning. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It all starts from the new birth. It all starts there. Correctly focused. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. But what is this kingdom of God? It's God revealing himself. In a way that he had never revealed himself before. In Mark chapter 12, we don't have time to, to go there. But they, 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 the Pharisee or the lawyer rather asked Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? What was the greatest commandment? That you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. Is that right? And the second commandment? Love your neighbor as yourself. Right, So it's love projected, love expressed, firstly, in a relationship to God. So if that's the greatest commandment, then that's the central piece of the gospel of Jesus Christ. To bring us into that love relationship. All of us individually with God, where the word of God, Christ, becomes absolute to us. And everything contrary to the word of God is filtered out of our lives. Are you with me? All right. I know it's getting quiet. Some of you are barely holding on. But hold on now for a few moments longer. All right. I know you're, you're not sweating as much as I am. You can at least have that much solace in your, in your existence this evening. But let let me just say it this way now. The word of God must come so absolute to us individually. That everything contrary to the word is filtered out. Now here's why. Here's why. Right out of Greatest Battle Ever Fought. Page 15 if you want to read it. Because I won't read all of it. He says, if this church right now could be put together and knitted together with such. And every person would be in one accord with not one shadow of a doubt anywhere. So I say, get rid of the doubts, get rid of the obstacles, get rid of all those things. He says, if that's where the church could get to. And that's, you see, that's why the devil wants to break up our fellowship. Is because the Lord wants us in one accord. But I believe we can be in one accord even if we're not in one place. But we can still be in one accord in one revelation. And he says, with, with not one shadow of a doubt anywhere, he says, there would not be a feeble person in our midst in another five minutes. Hallelujah. Don't you want to see that? Now I want to say, you want to see it? Now I want to ask it this way. Don't you believe that's for you? I believe it is for the bride of Jesus Christ. 
I believe that's God's entire motivation of his love story down throughout the Bible as we've been preaching. I think Brother Tom was preaching it again this morning, at least in what I caught, how that God wants to pour himself so completely into the church that he brings us all into one mind, even though your scars are different from your scars, are different from your scars, are different from your complexes, which are different from your complexes, which are different from your culture, which is different from your family, which is different from your education which is entirely different bring this people from an entirely different walk of life and bring us together into one accord that the power of God will so manifest itself that that one accord in the midst of his people people just begin to walk out of their sicknesses hallelujah people just begin to walk away from all of their problems why? because the presence of God comes down what happened? I don't know just something happened Now, that reminds me of something. A little room in a tent. And people going through the room. And they come out whole. And and he says, what happened to you? I don't know. I I went in on crutches or I went in a wheelchair. Now I'm perfectly whole. It's not a physical location. It's a spiritual reality. Hallelujah. He says that if we could get to that place, there would not be... Another person, feeble, a feeble person in our midst in another five minutes. He says, there would not be nobody here desiring the Holy Ghost, but would receive it. Amen. Hallelujah. Just as the presence of God moves from this place, every fear, every doubt, every ism falls by the wayside, brings us all into that one great accord in the mind of Jesus Christ. And then Christ just, just takes the preeminence in his body. And that body doesn't need that sickness. And that body doesn't need that sickness. That body doesn't need that sickness. He just begins to move through the people. Hallelujah. People, what is it? The faith strikes a heart that says this sickness is nothing. The faith strikes a heart for a complete surrender. Says, Lord, I'm yours. And the Holy Spirit fills that person. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He says, there would not be nobody desiring the Holy Ghost, but would receive it if you could just get that certain thing fixed. Oh, brother, when the life comes down that channel into you, the word of God is manifested in you. And then he quotes the scripture. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, ask what you will and it shall be done. Hallelujah. Galatians 5. I have a few scriptures I could turn to here, but I won't just to save time. But here we are at the end of the service. But I want you to catch this. If this is God's purpose, what can stop God's purpose? You can't stop God's purpose universally. You can only stop it from manifesting in yourself. God will have his purpose. And if you're elect, God will keep working on you. Till you come to that place that we're talking about. Of complete surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Galatians 5. I just want to read verse 13 and 14. He first of all tells them to stand in the liberty. In verse 1. But in verse 14 he says... For all the laws fulfilled, I'm sorry, verse 13. 
For brethren, you have been called unto liberty, only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word. All the law is fulfilled in one word, even this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Now that's a whole sermon right there, isn't it? Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Thou shalt forgive thy neighbor as you would want to be forgiven. Thou shalt encourage thy neighbor as you want to be encouraged. Thou shalt help thy neighbor as you would want to be helped. Thou shalt pray for thy neighbor as you would want to be prayed for. How come it's getting so quiet in here? It must be because it's hot, Brother Jeff. That's, come on, saints. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Thou shalt be the very expression of God because God wants to bring it all into one singular expression of himself one yielded body that he can move through that body and bring a deliverance from everything that would ever hinder that body. Because one day, that last member of that body is going to come into position and that last move is going to take place. And this mortal is going to take on immortality. This corruption is going to take on incorruption. Paul writes it in Romans chapter 13. He says, Owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loveth another has fulfilled the law. For this, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet. If there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended by this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. You want to fulfill the entire law? Just love your neighbor as yourself. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. Can I go a little bit further on this? Paul's laying out the entire gospel. He says, here's the gospel. Here's the entire law fulfilled. It's all fulfilled in love. He says, furthermore, there'll come a time when that which is perfect is coming. I'll tell you something. That which is perfect is perfect love. He says, there'll come a time where that, that will come. He says, he says that love and he describes it in 1 Corinthians 13 and we won't have time to read it. He says, but love never fails. Prophecies, they'll fail. Tongues, they'll cease. Knowledge, it'll vanish away. We know in part, we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away with. Now, Paul was seeing exactly what Daniel was seeing. Do you realize that? Daniel, in seeing the image of Nebuchadnezzar's dream in Daniel 2, you can read it when you go home. Nebuchadnezzar had this dream, and I'm closing on this. He had this dream of this image, a head of gold, shoulders and arms of silver, breastplate of brass, and I think uh, loins of brass and legs of iron and feet of iron and clay, and this great image. And Daniel describes the dream to Nebuchadnezzar because he woke up and he forgot the dream, like we all do many times. But he knew it was significant. And Daniel said, God wanted to show you something. He says, but in so much as the feet are iron and clay, he says, that's representative of the last, at the end of all of these kingdoms. He says, there will come a stone hewn out of the mountain without hands. He says, and it will smite that image in the feet. And though the image looks so glorious, 
it will cause the destruction. He says that image will crumble and it will become chaff so that the wind will blow it away and it will not be found. He's talking about the governments and the civilization of this world. He's talking about everything that has been built up from the Tower of Babel all the way till now that Satan has put it all in order. Listen, if COVID has taught us anything, science will fail you. Governments will fail you. Laws will fail you. Rights will fail you. All these kinds of things, they'll all fail you. But there'll come a a stone hewed out of the mountain. What is that stone? It's the capstone. Let me read it to you the way Brother Brown said. He says, Daniel watched, he watched this Gentile age until the stone come out of the mountain that wasn't cut with hands. They never put a capstone on the pyramid. So he's identified this stone now as the capstone. It wasn't cut by man's hands. It's God's hands that cut the stone. You see it? What did it do? It hit the image right smack in the feet and broke it to pieces, ground it to powder. Hallelujah. What happened at that time? The coming of that stone up went the church into glory at the rapture because it ended the Gentile dispensation. Hallelujah. Let me just put it to you this way. It it ended rather the Gentiles dispensations hold on you and on me. Amen. Every complex, every education, every scar, every idea, every culture, everything that wound itself all the way from the Tower of Babel all the way till now. This message, the capstone message, divine love reveal comes down to break its hold on the bride of Jesus Christ. Amen. God is here to break its hold on you. Brother Ryan, why don't you come? Musicians, why don't you come? God is present in the revealing of his word. Oh, why, why do we always say get into the word? Because it's God's love message to you. To break the hold of this civilization. Because when he can get us into that one mind and one accord, sicknesses leave. Hallelujah. People get filled with the Holy Ghost. Sinners are set free. People in bondage are loosed. God comes down in a mighty and a powerful way. So Paul, we could say, preached the beginning and the ending of the Gentile dispensation. When that which is perfect is come. Perfect love, the headship to the church, the full bride-bridegroom relationship, Christ having the preeminences. When the fullness comes, it doesn't produce just Christ. It produces a union, a bride-married To the bridegroom. Amen. The voice of our beloved. Lazarus heard that voice. And come out of the grave. You've heard a voice. What did it do to you? It wasn't the voice of a man. It was the voice. Behind the voice. God came by your way. Your body right now. Because of this heat. Those of you that are watching on the internet, you don't understand. It's For those of you in Canada, it's 30 plus degrees in here. It's in the 80s. Almost 90 is in here. Your body doesn't want to respond. But your faith says, I believe that. Why don't you stand to your feet and say, that's my message. Amen. That's, I believe, what God has revealed to me. My Jesus, my Savior. We haven't sang that together, Brother Ryan. 
Lord, there is none like you. Do you believe that tonight? Is he your your Jesus tonight? Is he your savior, your deliverer, your healer, your provider? See, this whole message came that he might show himself to you personally that way. He's the provider. We don't like to hear this one. But he's the provider of my trials. That he knows in his wisdom that I need to perfect my character to be more like him. And I say, thank you, Lord. I'm glad he's working on me. Are you glad? I'm glad he's working on me. I'm glad for the hard times. If it was all easy, there'd be no need to change. But he works on us. And he works on us. And he works on us. Because he's, he's like the, the goldsmith beating the gold upon the rock until he sees his own reflection. That's what Christ is doing. He's working on you and me that he might see himself. Let's worship him tonight. My Jesus, my Savior, Lord, there is none like you. All of my days, I want to praise the wonders of your mind.
thou me more than these? He's asking you a question. I say, Lord, forever I'll love you. You put me through a trial, I'll love you. Brother Branham was asked that question. Somebody came up and says, I, I think you're off the word. I think you're an antichrist. And, and Brother Branham says, well, if that would be pleasing to the Lord, that's what I'd want to be. There's no answer for that. How do you answer that? He says, as a matter of fact, he says, if he would throw me into hell, I'd still love him. Lovest thou me more than these? I want to say, lovest thou me more than this world? Lovest thou me more than what this world is offering you? As I said, Brother John Drake is not interested no more in coming back here. He doesn't have the slightest ambition though he be given all the wealth of the world to set foot in this dimension again until the resurrection. What about you? Where's your life going? Where's your imagination taking you? Let's bow our heads together. Brother Ryan, would you play, I cast all my cares upon you. Where's your imagination taking you? As we stand in his presence at the close of the service. Oh, I could do this or I could do that. Maybe you could. Maybe you've got enough ability and talent to accomplish it. But which way is it going? Is it going the right way or the wrong way? Where's your memory taking you tonight? So well, you don't know what I've been through, Brother Tim. No, but he does. Matter of fact, he knew what you'd go through when he hung on Calvary and paid the price for everything that you have need of. Faith in the atonement brings the blessings of the atonement to you. What about your conscience or your reasoning? Well, you know, if I just do this or so much, this is enough Christianity or this is enough of surrender. I'll tell you what, there's never enough of a surrender. Paul says, I die daily. We need to be crucified with Christ every day. Say, Lord, take me, use me, whatever you want with my life. Even for today, if I don't have another day. I'll tell you what, I got on the plane this morning to fly to Seattle. Like I do every plane flight I take all over the world, I just say, Lord, I commit this flight to you. If this is your time to take me home, I'm happy with that. Whatever you want, Lord, I want what you want. Is that the kind of surrender you have this morning? That's the kind he wants you to have. Just be completely surrendered to him. Completely yielded. As our heads are bowed. I'm not looking around. Nobody's looking around. But maybe you've got something that God's been dealing with you on. Might be somebody in Cloverdale Bible Way right now. Might be somebody at home right now. God's dealing with you to give that up 
Listen, I know what it is to wrestle with things. I know what it is to wrestle God for things. It's not easy. But he's not going to have a bride that has anything but the word in her conscience, memory, reasoning, affections, imaginations. A mind completely surrendered to the Lord Jesus Christ. Is there one that would say, Lord, I just want to give this up. I want to finish this battle. I want to finish it tonight, Lord. I want to give it to you. Say, Lord, just take control of this thing. I lay it at your feet. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come to the end of the service, the word has been preached. It's been hard on the people here locally. Appreciate them fighting through the heat and they wait on their mortal bodies. But we're not here just for each other. We're here for you, Lord. I believe your word has spoke to us tonight. I believe you have ministered to our souls, Lord. And Lord, if even if it's just for one that would say, Lord, I'm laying this on the altar tonight. I'm letting it go. I'm not letting it hinder my walk with God anymore. I'm just surrendering it all into the hands of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I'm completely yours. In everything I think, in everything I am, let the word take me where it wants to lead me. Let your name be glorified, O God. Father, I commit them into your hands. I ask, Lord, that the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ would move through lives tonight. Lord, may it break down souls that are weeping tonight, saying, Lord, I need to surrender. I need to give myself to you. Lord, may you even now just take their sacrifice. Lord, as they give it to you, may you just consume them with the fire from your presence. Set them on fire in their lives and send them out from the service tonight. Lord, a renewed son or daughter of God in Jesus Christ. Maybe there's some that are mature in their walk. But Lord, like all of us, we just every service, we just want to come and say, Lord, if there's anything, just search my life, oh God. I want to give everything that I am unto you. We just surrender it and lay it all at your feet. We're remembering those that are unable to make it to church tonight. Lord, those that are... I visited Brother Milko the other day. Bless him, Lord. Oh, God, let the power of the resurrection be upon that mortal body. You chose not to take him home. He's getting stronger every day. But in the midst of this trial, may you raise him up for the glory of the name of Jesus Christ. Be with Brother Henry. Others, O God, that we're remembering. We commit all things to you, Lord. I cast all my care upon thee. Oh, I live.
tell you that you have a right to hold on to something. Don't let the enemy convince you to be anything less than you're called to be. Lay it down tonight. Just let God have it. Let him mold you into the image that he wants you to be in. Don't listen to the devil no more. He just wants you to be scarred up. So he can use you. So he can disrupt your life. And use you to disrupt the body. If you got a hurt, lay it down tonight. If you got a scar, lay it down tonight. Jesus soothes all scars. He puts the salve on all wounds. He's, he's the, the great Samaritan that takes you to the innkeeper, the pastor, and binds up your wounds with oil and wine. He says, oil is salve of the Holy Spirit, stimulation of revelation, all of those things. He pours it in that you might know he's the one that loves you. Do you love him tonight? Lovest thou me? More than these, he says. I cast all my cares upon you. I lay people into your hands. I commit this service into your hands. Your word will not return unto you void. So may you just anoint it to the heart of every predestinated seed. Take each one of us a step closer to you, Lord. Bless our lives. Take us, Lord, and use us for your glory. Just pour in your love until we can't help but love our neighbor as ourselves. Bind the body in bonds of love, O oh God. Let unity, that one mind and one accord, just bring each one together, O oh God. Say, you're my brother, you're my sister. Sometimes the Lord, Brother Brown said, we have prickly natures that sometimes rub against each other wrong I'm sure there's things the way I say them and the way that I do them that rub against others wrong but Lord give us grace to overlook those things and to love one another that all men might know that we are indeed your disciples Lord we commit ourselves to you oh Lord how we love you how we thank you for your grace in our lives and thank you for this body, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity to be with them. I don't hardly want to let it go, but it's hot in here. Lord, I pray that you'll just pour out your blessings upon each life. Watch each one, watch over each one on the way home. We commit ourselves to you in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Why don't you shake hands with one another? You're dismissed in the name of Jesus Christ.